Trading Nut, episode 64. This guy's returns are astronomical, but in order to get those astronomical returns, he trades with an abnormally high risk for a fund manager. That's because he's found high probability. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got Andre Stewart back on the show. So he's been around for a long time and you're going to hear why and why I've got him back on the show today. And in fact, it's a special kind of episode where we're going to be talking psychology, trading psychology. I know I don't do that many but uh, this is one that is a great sort of lead in and in fact Andre has put together a little... Uh, special thing, you've got to listen to the end of the show, you're going to find out what he's put together. I haven't got it yet, so there's a high chance that by the time this goes live, because I haven't given him a lot of time, it's not going to be ready. But you're going to hear what it is at the end of the show, so keep listening for that. And uh, look, there's going to be more psychology, trading psychology related shows coming up, so I'm trying to line a few of those up, uh, along with more traders for you guys to obviously listen to. So guys, we've got this coming up in the show. Now before we get into that, I just want to let you know that the funding page on the website. So if you're a trader, if you if you think you've got what it takes, but you haven't got the capital, and you're looking to basically leverage somebody else's money to trade with, um, with a little bit of an investment from your part, but not that much, then there's a funding page up on the tradingnut.com site where I've I've updated it now, so there's quite a comparison table there where you're going to see all the different features and be able to pick one of three funding providers that I've partnered with and work out which one is the best fit for you. They've all got varying different um, approaches, and I'm sure you look through that and you'll be able to sort of find one that's a good fit. So guys, if you're thinking about that, you're thinking, I want to trade with other people's money, then head over there, tradingnut.com, or there should be a link in the link tree in the show notes in the description. Now, part of the trading that I'm doing is is automated trading. So robotic trading, uh, I run the Robot Traders Club. One of the robots is doing really well. We've we've managed to take a test account, a small test account of 100 bucks, up to over 400. Uh, so the $100 deposit is now gone. It's all just uh, profit that's been traded here. And other members are just trading their own money, and I think they're doing well as well. Now, I, what I've decided to do is give a few more updates on Instagram. So if you guys are on my Instagram, um, I'm finding this easy enough to do is, if you know, I will post up the results uh, to keep you guys up to date of how this is going. So if you like the look of it, then you can message me and find out how you get access to it. It's not that simple, but um, yeah, you'll have to message me and find out. Right, so guys, what else? Last but not least, I think we're just going to get on with the show, but I do need to say the show is a little bit, uh, what's the word? rough and raw around the edges uh, halfway through the show. Andre jumps in the car, and <laughs> so we lose some connections here and there. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to cut them out, because it's quite funny, I think, just to have a listen. So, guys, I'll leave them in. Um, oh, maybe I'll cut some of them out. Who knows? If there's a big gap, I'll cut it out. Right, guys, here we go. Trading Psychology 101 with Andre Stewart. 
All right, folks, so we've got Andre Stewart back on the show again. You're probably wondering why this guy's coming back on the show so often. Now, if, if you haven't listened to the full 52 Traders, uh, which was my first podcast series, you'll, uh, you won't know that Andre actually came on the show as a, as a contestant in a challenge, and at that point in time, he could not trade. Well, he was, he was halfway there, I suppose, halfway there. And since then, the guy's gone on to, to do great things and become basically a full-time trader now, um, astronomical trader, in fact. And we have you back on here today, Andre, to talk about trading psychology. So welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Cam. Look, it's been a while, eh? It's been probably quite a few months now. I can't even remember. It was definitely sometime in 2019 when we had you back on doing yeah. the Q&As. Um, how have things been? Uh, things are great, Cam. I, I really can't complain. It's just working every day, you know, uh, the pursuit of getting better. Superb, superb. Now, I know trading psychology is something that's been banded around. I, I even think I did a... I was on a trading psychology podcast, which never got launched, I believe. So it's and it's always the thing that everyone, especially newbies, tend to like, you know, dismiss and think that they're above it. But um, I know you have put together um, a whole bunch of information on your thoughts on trading psychology, and I know your story. Maybe you can sort of recite yeah. your story again um, for the for the guys to start off the show was was obviously a breakthrough moment for you. And I suppose what we want to try and get out of today is give the guy, give the listeners out there some potentials to have the breakthrough moments they need around the psychology aspect. So, yeah, maybe start off by telling telling everyone your story and how you sort of psychologically got yourself through the mental barriers that do hold back most traders. Yes, uh, <laughs> you remember the $20 bill story, Cam? <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm yeah. thinking of. So, you know, um, I had I long story short, I had got fired from a job and, you know, didn't I only had a little bit of money and all this other good stuff. And I was sitting at my table one night trading and I was just losing money, hemorrhaging money, hand over fist. And that was the only thing that was on my mind. Money, 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 money. And. I took this $20 bill out of my wallet and yelled at it. You're not going to control me anymore. You SOB, you know, every swear you can think of this $20 bill freaking got it. And it was at that point it clicked to me. My issue is my emotional connection to money. And that's big, right? Because most people don't focus on what trading actually is. And it's just about money, lifestyle, just the crap that doesn't matter. When the only thing that truly matters as far as being a trader is how you execute. The market doesn't give a crap about you, how you feel, how you look, nothing, right? And that's another thing, too, is ego, right? Um, for me, I have, I, I have and still kind of do to an extent have an ego problem. And being able to admit that is one of the things that will help you kind of overcome any kind of freaking psychological bar barriers you have. Because we tend to think we're more important than we what we, what we really are. And one of the, I think one of the biggest things that talks about that is even people who who talk about market manipulation. It, it's it's dumb because again, it's ego. So. And so, do you want to do you want to dive back into that sort of time? Because I think I mean. 
it was a great story that the twenty dollar story, and uh, I think the the first time you told it was even better. I was in tears, <laughs> and um, and then so do you want to? I mean, so you realised that money was you know you had an emotional connection to money. So having that sort of meltdown, <laughs> how do you how did it did it break your emotional connection to money? Just this, the one in, instance, or does it sort of keep reappear, you know, rearing its ugly head? It will always kind of rear its ugly head. Um, but it, it, over time, it just kind of dissipates, right? Because, you know, I don't believe in any of this crazy, mystical, magical, uh, out of this world kind of psychological trip. Like, don't hypnotize me. I don't need any of that, tr- that junk, right? It's, it's a very individualized thing. So, you know, just being aware of how you feel when you're at the charts. And I've noticed, even with some of the people that I mentor, they trade with their profit and loss uh, down on MC4, MC5, whatever broker. They trade with their with, with showing their account balance. That like that's useless information to the market, right? And w- that was one of the things I got rid of because you know once I started coming to grips with with trading and even psychologically trading style, um, my trading style was kind of scalping. Because I wanted to make money in and out, in and out. That doesn't that doesn't freaking work. It works, but it's it's even scalping, which is more or less my emotional connection, the money, that FOMO, that fear of losing, right? But it it became okay when I lose. How do I take it? Do I take it as damn I lost money, or could I have actually avoided that loss, right? And what most people don't get is if you have a freaking 30% win rate, there's nowhere to go but up or you could go down. But look at look at it as room for improvement. The gap between 30 and 100% is 70. I'd say you can, you, you can get at least 65 to 60% better, right? And I, I, I think it's those logical things that, that I was missing and I was scalping mainly because I wanted to make money fast. And it burns you out because, yeah, the money will come, but then what about your health, right? It's all, it's balance, right? It's give and take. And I was definitely balanced more on the, on the side of I want to make money and I want to make it now. I grew up poor. I didn't have anything, you know. Um, I, I literally grew up in the hood. Like, I didn't have a damn thing. And that's hard to get over. Even now, like, I am probably the cheapest person in the freaking world. Like, if I don't need it, I won't buy it. Because I, so it, to some extent, I still operate out of the I used to be poor mentality. But that I use that to benefit me because I understand what, 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 what money is worth. And I don't waste it. But there is still elements of that psychological connection to money because, hell, I used to be poor. I don't want to go back to that I don't want my kids to have to deal with that and a lot of that too it stems back to childhood Like, and and I know there are people who have it worse that's one of the things that keeps me grounded because I remember my mom used to cook us food and I would sit here like wow she's not eating why the hell is she not eating she was letting her kids eat before she ate right and those are the things that kind of stuck with me and it's just like, damn, is shit really, uh, excuse me, is it really that bad? Right? 
and I care. I, I, I carried that for such a long time. Um, and you know, when I started to make decent, I remember when I first hit six figures. You know, most people, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna tear up the club. I'm gonna do this dumb, stupid stuff. You know what I did when I hit six figures? I, I, I put what? the money away. I didn't have it. It doesn't exist. You withdrew it and, and put it in a, a savings account yeah, or something? Or... I, I moved it. It didn't exist. Well, that and the IRS went their fucking cut. But anyway, um, it, you know, I just put it away. It doesn't exist. But still, even that is kind of me being emotionally connected to money because it's fear of losing it. So it's a double-edged sword. And so I suppose, like, the guys who are who are listening, I mean... And I, and I include myself in this, like, you know, how how do you, what's the, is there an easy way to become aware of what your issues are around around money? It's funny because I, I listen to, or I, you know, I watch some people in, in my chat rooms or other chat rooms and I see them, like even, I can now sort of see them talking and I can see that there's emotional connections to money um or or like other people that come through or even friends and stuff and you know you're at a barbecue and you can you can see i can now i now look at people and go that guy or that girl is uh definitely got a connection to money which is quite negative so is there is there a way that somebody can identify in themselves as opposed to i suppose or you know somebody else identifying it in them yeah simple how do you feel when you're at the charts or, or, or in anything, your, your, your decision-making process, right? Like for me, like I say, yeah, it was that $20 bill incident, but like there's simple things, right? Like, excuse me, um, when you're at the charts, you're like, oh, yeah, I could make 10K doing this. I could do, right? Like people are always so, um, I would say they're so eager to talk about their percentage returns and, all this other stuff, like, um, excuse the nose, you're gonna hear it for a second. Um, people are always talking about just like percentage returns, growth on this, growth on that. My students are doing this, and my students doing that, and it's always connected to returns, right? That's cool and all, mm. but what's your risk? What are you risking? What's your defined risk, right? Because, and again, trading is, I've reversed it in my mind. Trading is not about how much money I can make. It's about how much money I don't lose. Right. And how do you how do you reverse that? How do you get that reversed in your mind every day? Because it, it it's different every day, right? Because one day you might have a great one, and that works. And then the next day, I mean, what I find is if I have a winning day, the next day I'm like, damn, I had a winning day yesterday. I need to back that up. How is that going to... And then that's when I'll start to, like, you know, get the speed wobbles. Yeah, um, I got you. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I, I haven't. Sometimes it, sometimes I, I can get a good five days and the whole week's perfect. Other times I start going, oh, hang on a sec. This is look, looking too good. It's yeah. a relationship with risk, right? My, my thought, my feeling on it is people are always kind of and uh, by people i mean traders traders are always infatuated with uh you know the legends of trading right like paul tudor jones uh steve cohen right like in, even even other yeah. other private traders right 
Um, Paul Tudor Jones said something. He said, simply, it's your relationship to risk, right? And then it becomes, okay, risk to reward ratio, right? I think I still think that's Oh, I'm losing you here. Oh, you're driving. <laughs> you're driving somewhere. I am. Ah, uh, just uh, we had Paul Tudor Jones, oh, gotcha. Stephen so uh, Cohen, yeah. and then it was like it, it sounded like you were you were slowly dying. Oh, yeah. but, no, 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 um, no, no. It's it's, it's likely just the, zone, the whole zone thing. Um, no, I think people yeah. people are so, in, so so consumed about how they made their because Steve let's say Steve Cohen's a freaking legend in the in, in the world of trading, right? Like. This guy's returns are astronomical, but in order to get those astronomical returns, he trades with an abnormally high risk for a fund manager. That's because he's found high probability, right? And most, I think most retail traders have not found high probability, and that's part, that's part of the problem. But Paul Tudor Jones said something that's very, very interesting. It's all about the relationship, the relationship to risk. And... How yeah. and, and how do you interpret that? I think you interpret it how the hell you want to. I interpret it as you need to enter like risk to reward ratio is totally crap. It's crap. The market doesn't say here's a two to one. The market's not telling you if you want to make a hundred pips, have a thirty pip stop. Right? No, it's not telling you that. I think you look for opportunities to where you can have a ten pip stop and a hundred pip a hundred pip uh, target. It's all about entering into a trade where the relationship between reward and risk heavily favors reward heavily and a simple freaking tweak to do that is you enter as close to where you want your stock to be simple right right i don't know if i answered your and then question how do you... danced around it but yeah well uh, i suppose you went as close as where you want your stop to be. Now, does that mean? I suppose the question I've got is like, what if your setup hasn't completed at that point? You don't take. Is that you don't take the trade? It okay. And so if you're um, this is sort of veering off psychology, mm-hmm. but uh, if you're so, where would you put your stop then? If you're entering as close to where your stop would be, are you just putting it where your stop would normally be? And just taking ultra low risk. No, because if you enter as close to where you stop want to be, and again, it, it's defined. It depends on what kind of trade. Here's the thing, too. Psychologically, yeah. it depends on what kind of trader you are. I see it as when you're yeah. impatient, you should scalp. If you're somewhat patient, you should enter day trade. If you're a super patient person, you should swing trade. Right? It, it, it's psychological. It's a psychological. Chris Lurie, I get, I get this term from Chris Lurie. Chris, I love you. If you listen to this, you mean the world to me. It's your psychological profile. I have to, like Chris said, it's all about your psyche. Like, Chris, what are you talking? You're just talking gibberish. Like, what do you mean? And then I started getting into how I felt. And it's like, damn, Chris is right. Like, I'm the, I'm the dummy. The market, the market knows I don't, right? And it's submitting to that. And, it, and that's when I thought about, like, oh, when I was impatient, I was scalping. As I learned and grew and developed, I started doing more intraday. And you, and you see my progression. Right. Um, yeah. And as I started outgrowing that and maturing, I became more of a position trader. Because, like, like I don't, 
I don't know how much to say without sounding like an arrogant jerk, but I literally caught the high of the year on New Zealand dollar. And I'm still holding it. But I waited for that trade. Like, I waited. I waited and waited and waited. And it came all the It came that 75% back to my entry. I don't care. I'm holding it. Because I understand my own understanding of the market. Right? And cool. Yeah. I know I can hold this with, with, with a high degree of probability that it's going to go all the way down to where I think the target is. And it's actually damn near close to my target. Um, I haven't even looked. I haven't looked at. I haven't looked at the chart in like a week, so I don't know. To be fair, but that's another thing too. Let let it go. <laughs> I watch Frozen too much with my kids, but you gotta let it go. <laughs> let it go. And, but it, it's true, right? Like you can't. You you don't move price. So why do you care? So uh, on that note, I mean, like, okay, there's a couple of things Let's I want go. to talk about. To, to go over because I think the rewind that guys because it was a really good point in there around the you know the fact that if you're impatient maybe scalping's better for you than than swing trading then as your patience sort of grows you can grow into longer term trading whereas not a lot of people look at it that way and I think that's where or even talk about that even other mentors don't talk about that and people sort of they might be impatient diving into like you know uh, long term trading mm-hmm. Uh, or swing trading and then they struggle yeah, yeah exactly I and I think that's that, every single person in that's my been... group to define that if you, if you haven't defined that don't message me I don't want to hear it yeah and I think look I think that's been a big issue for me and, and you know, um, over the years too, okay, I'm a penetrator or you you know and I think yeah and the thing is yeah and I, and I think I mean I think I've gradually found myself there where i should be but i think over the over the years and look you know i've been with you for for a few years and way back in the beginning even you didn't know right <laughs> yeah. you know you were you were still scalping when i was i was first learning off you <clears throat> but i suppose as you progressed and um you know you I, i've sort of felt like oh maybe i should be doing this maybe i should be doing that and so the you know the reality is i think yeah i'm like I'm an impatient person. Trust me, I'm probably at the hyper end of impatience, and I just look at it from anything that I do and everything that mm-hmm. I do. I'm, you know, I'm so, I'm, I'm so not patient about mm-hmm. stuff. I, I do something, want to see immediate, immediate results, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it's so I think that's where I've left. That's where I'm at now, and things have started to get a lot better because I'm, I'm now trading like more of a scalper. Um, sort of like a scalper in a way, but I do let things sort of run. Now, a couple of things. Yeah, fear of missing out, um, moving stop loss, revenge trading, and holding on to positions um, that, you know, when you're in profit and you're not going to, you know, freak out that it's going to come back and hit your stop loss or moving your stop to break even too too early so do you want to start off with FOMO and just sort of give a like a an overview on how somebody can get around that and we might have even just touched on it I think FOMO too is 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 part of the part of not defining what kind of trader you are I think it's that I, I personally think it's that simple right because if, if you're constantly having the fear of missing out you should probably take smaller moves right and so and and part of FOMO too, I think, is you, the the trader has not defined 
their trading style. I think it's just that simple, right? Yeah. Because yep. as a trader, literally, you are paid to wait. You don't, it, it's, it's the exact opposite of the working world, right? You're paid to be productive. Well, your productivity as a trader is sitting on your hands. It's crazy, isn't it? It's so, it's such a, a mindset shift for, for pretty much everyone on the planet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I completely agree. The next one was um, on moving your stop loss. So, guys who are like, you know, they they might have a couple of good wins, then they're like, moving stop, yeah, and then they'll, they'll move the stop loss because they don't want to have another, they don't want to have a loss yeah. and take away one of the wins. What are you... What's the what's the issues that are going on there? So I think even that is and is 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 understanding, right? Like I don't move my stop until I know this price break break down a price level and continue in its direction, right? Because and the other thing too is like you have to one hundred percent expect price to come back to your entry, because in every profitable trade I've ever taken, price comes back to my entry. You just expect it. Don't honk at me. Um, <laughs> sorry. See, psychology, Roderick. Um, <laughs> no, well, actually, it's it's his fault because I'm at a yield sign, and I'm yielding. I'm following the law, and this guy isn't. But, no, um, it's... Um, <sighs> it always comes back to your entry. Yeah. So, yeah, you, and you, I mean, I, I'd say you're right. Like, when I... A lot of the trades that I take, often it'll come back to my entry. And the, I suppose the question I've got is, why, would, why don't you try and enter at the... The, the time that it comes back to your entry is that a, is there a sort of way to do that or is, or do some of them just not it's, come back to the entry and it's, it's you know like, here's the thing like too there's nothing nothing's a hundred percent right um because sometimes sometimes you can take a see i i i kind of have my trading kind of defined right there's entry types there's high risk there's low risk right no such thing as risk free yeah. right because you can have an illiquid market spike and it just wipes everybody out this price is just searching for liquidity. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Jeez, Louise. Oh, um, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just got to decide, right? Like, you're either going to uh, take the trade on first hit and expect for it to come back. But if you're scalping and you're looking for 10, 20 pips, like, I think my kids can get 10 to 20 pips in their sleep, right? Um, because it, I, anyone, any, anyone can be right for any given period of time in trading. But you take the risk. You define it. Like, like, I, like, like I said, I have my entries classified as high risk, slow risk. There's no such thing as a risk-free trade. But as far as moving your stop, I know that I will not move my stop until price effectively breaks down a level, retest it, and okay, I'll move my stop. But if price has not broken down the level, you, you can move your stop prematurely and 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 get whipped out. And I think that's. Part, that's part of it too is understanding right and most people don't really realize is if you understand price from a non-biased perspective you know what to expect you can manage your expectations in your own head uh, right and this is how i've gained my own knowledge of them of, of myself and trading psychology is if i can reverse engineer the market i can understand what to expect right yeah. And it's with anything, right? You gotta you gotta manage your expectations, right? Like even with life, like like it's like like in marriage, right? Like 
I expect my wife to cook. Well, I actually don't. I expect her to not want to cook, right? Because she's human. She has emotions, right? And she expects me to not want to do things sometimes too because we're both human and, and, you know, we have emotions, right? You manage those things, but people tend to, when their expectations aren't met, they take it the wrong way. But I would say, isn't it your fault for having expectations and expecting something to do what you think it should when it's totally probably not going to do it that way? Yeah, yeah. I, I I hear what you're saying, and it's probably the first time it's really occurred to me that if you've got a better understanding... So, you know, a lot of people just trade a system, you know, and just it goes X, Y, Z, do this, do that, do this... And not really, I suppose, when you've got a better understanding of why price, or why your system's failing or failed, or why that trade has failed, then you're less likely to, to move your stop. Um, or in your case, uh, if you've got a better understanding of how price actually moves, then you'll definitely know when even, you could even get out at a smaller loss because you know there's a higher probability if you know this happens, then my stop is most likely going to be hit because my setup has failed, and more often than not, it's signifying that price is not going to go in the direction I picked, which is the unbiased view of having yeah unbiased view of looking at at price in the market. Right. Is that is that a good way to I put would it? Say, yeah, right. Just have no bias. The market knows what it's going to do. You just got to wait for the signs. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think I'm with you there. So, so it's it's a partly partly understanding, partly, I suppose looking at yourself. Yeah, looking. Well, yeah, and I and I suppose that, that that's the hard thing is looking at people struggle to look at themselves. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people who struggle with trading struggle to look at themselves and understand why it is that they can't get it to work. Um, and look, you know, even even yesterday when. I I took a trade I shouldn't have taken. There's no way I should have taken. I just had two good wins, taking me a while to get there. News hit, and I took a trade, which, like, yeah, it sort of half made my, you know, match my system, but it was right in the middle of news. It was There was no need for me to take mm-hmm. it. As soon as I took it and price started going against me, I literally had a feeling in my body of, you know, it was... It was some chemicals, some emotional chemicals going around my body. So I physically felt, you know, stressed, physically felt stressed. I could feel it. It was almost like a tingling. How is it How is it that before that, and look, I don't expect you to know the answer, but before that, after the two trades that were profitable, how is it that I went in and just destroyed it and essentially got myself on well, a complete Let me, let, let me ask muddle. you this. Did you know the news was coming out? Okay, yeah, so, I knew so, the news so was coming out. I saw it hit, and then I cool. entered. So that's a factor, right? Because that, that's one element you can control. You can control what you're aware of, right? Now, yeah. the, the trade that you took, was it with or against your system? It was It was just with it. What do you mean by just with well, it? Well, yeah, so it was... It, so it, was, it, was, uh, it, it had shown some signs that... I mean, basically, I entered too early. Okay. It and hadn't. There, there it there hadn't closed. There it goes. Yeah. Right? There's not a complicated answer to yeah. anything. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. That. That. There you go. And when they don't line up, you just don't take the trade, right? I. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fan of keeping everything simple, right? Like, you know, you know, one thing that's even helped me, I don't know if it, it will help uh, the, the listeners too, is um, as a kid, um, I remember me and my dad, uh, we were walking, uh, we were walking back from the store and um, I used to be a classic overthinker, classic overthinker, right? And, and the one person I would talk to and vent about that is my dad. Uh, and this should make me make sense to people. He said, Dre, I said, what? He goes, can you control any of this that happened? I said, no. He goes, then why do you care? I said, oh, shit, dad, you're right, right? And, 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 and from then I started, pri- like, it just, it's, you have these light bulb moments, right? But you still got to work at it, right? And then I started, um, I started practicing that, too looking at it can I control this no I can't and that's the that's another thing too uh, is another thing that people don't do what they want to do and don't say what they want to say is because they they care about what other people are going to say and how they're going to feel about it right I don't care how my mother mm. my father my brother my sisters my cousins anyone my wife her family I don't care if they like me or not all I'm going to do is I'm going to be me you like me, you like me. You don't like me, you don't like me. I can't control that. And I think another thing, too, that's helped me throughout even life in general is there was this uh, teacher in uh, high school. And for, for people in the U.K., it's college, right? I was going through something really tough. And she said, she, I don't know, she was really intuitive. She looked at me, she said, Andre, I said, yes, Miss Star. She said, don't let anyone live in your head that doesn't pay rent there. I was like, Holy shit, you're right. And the market's the same thing. Like, I don't even let the market live in my head. Well, the market does pay my bills, but it, it's nothing for you to get emotional about because you're not the one, you're not the ones dealing and doing all that, right? Like, you can't let the market live in your head because essentially it's not paying any rent there. In some cases, it's taking your money, right? Like, quit sweating yeah. it. And I'm very get over it and move on, right? So, yeah. Now, what about uh, holding holding trades for longer periods of time, or yeah, even even maybe not longer periods of time, even just you know, I suppose uh, it's that fear of losing. I, I suppose what it comes so, like, down to when I think about it. The, 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 the longer the hold the trade, the longer the wait for the trade to happen. Right, and again, this is non-biased information based off of everything that I've seen, everything that I've back tested, everything. Yeah. If, if you're looking to hold, if, if, these longer term trades are planned, right? Like this, like like I'm, I was short New Zealand, uh, JP. I'm in a lot of positions. I'm super short Euro too, but all that was like, dude, it took like six months for price to get to to get to my level, right? So guess what all I have right. to do? But wait, right? And in between time, there's 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 trades in between those times right but for the most part that major trade that i want to take i'm waiting for right and you're not comfortable waiting this is probably not the business for you and i think you said it's probably not the business for you cutting out here with the reception um yeah that's what i thought you said um hey look Andre, brilliant. This has been superb. I think there's a lot of nuggets in here that the guys can um, 
go in and, and scrape out. What what else? Is there anything you want to um, want to leave the listeners you know, with? I think the thoughts are too like if you're struggling trading, the best thing you can do is get you some backtesting software, right? And this is one of it, it's all about training, right? Like, even emotions are trained. Um, get on the backtester, right? And start trading your strategy. If you start feeling yourself getting emotional over the backtester, you're the problem, right? That's another thing that I did, mm. right? I, you really, you really have to be, you have to have a keen sense of who you are as a person, right? And who you are as a person is probably going to change. And who you are as a trader typically changes too. But even to develop confidence, it's like, like you know me, I consider trading like a sport. Confidence is built through experience. Experience is built through time, right? And typically, time is, let's face it, people are in the real world. They have jobs. They have families. I get all that. And at some point, you'll have to make a sacrifice, right? Um, but again, I think, too, just understand how you feel. Define who you are and like, I don't think people need to pay for crazy psychology courses and, and, and any of that. Like, you don't need super-duper NLPs. And I don't think you need any of that. I think you just need to know who you are. And I think the the, the, the biggest problem is people think the market's out to get them, right? And here's another tool about psychology, too. That's a selling point for people who sell manipulation courses who can't trade themselves. How do you think they came up with it? Oh, the market's out to get me. Oh, if I'm losing other people, like reverse engineer it. So, uh, because people, 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 you know, I'm all over your podcast talking about markets not manipulated. You being a punk about trading, right? People will email me. Yeah. Oh, you're an idiot. Markets, markets manipulated. Well, since you know it's manipulated, are you? Why are you not winning? Right? Is the manipulator being manipulated? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, uh, you really got to take. Take a keen look at yourself first. And one of the one of the realizations I've had recently too, Cam, is there's about I have about seven strategies that are all profitable, right? But I really only connect with two. So guess what I do with the other five? They don't matter. Right? And I think too, once you get out of your own way and you start to experience uh, the information on the chart. I think at that point you can you can start to make gains, but remember, trading is really ten percent technical and and ninety percent mental, right? So yeah. I will leave the listeners with that. Just really get a keen understanding of yourself. Look at look at your day to day life. See how trading affects it, right? And here's the thing: like sometimes you need a mental break from trading. If you take a losing streak, don't revenge trade. Close your chart, walk away, take a couple days off, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Mentally reset, right? Like your, your, I don't want to say your emotional state, but the, your mind state. Like people do and, do and say stupid crap when they're angry, right? I'm, I'm sure I, I can attest to that. Like I've done that before and said some stuff that was really hurtful to some people. And guess what happens? You have to apologize. Sometimes a relationship recovers, sometimes a debt doesn't, but in trade the mistake is your money right and if you can't afford to lose 
the money that you've lost, one, don't don't trade it. Two, just take a step back. And if you haven't been profitable on a small account, don't deposit more money. Don't deposit more money. Um, oh yeah, I can go on and on, Cam. So I, I'll cut it oh. there. I'll go. I can go but on yeah, and on. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I mean, it's that's it, so true. Like, I mean, I you know even. We're talking about this trade yesterday that I was like, oh, you know, I was emotional about when I, the actual dollars. It had nothing to do with the amount. The amount was like small. I went. I think I spent the same amount in, the, in McDonald's that evening <laughs> um, on, on the way to this concert. So, if not, a, oh, I put even even more. I spent it. Oh, the concert was amazing. Yeah, I went to saw Queen. It was phenomenal. Um, probably the one of the best concerts I've been to. Not that I've been to a lot, but nice. the the light can show I, and, and stuff was can amazing. Question about can I ask you a question about that? Why you were at Queen was trading even a part of your thought process? Did that lose Sorry. the trade map because you were doing something? New? <laughs> Sorry, you sounded like a, like, a like that's, that's you're, for, yeah, like you're in. Sl- that's zoom for you sometimes. Yeah, you, but when you were at the concert, you sounded like you're in. It's like, yeah, sorry. When I was at the concert, was trading even a thing? No, because um, I mean, I had the 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 robot I had running was uh, no, sorry, yeah, on the bus I checked the current position mm-hmm. I had uh, had placed, and then I'd seen that it had broken the the level that i didn't want it to mm-hmm. break and so i exited at a small mm-hmm. loss not my stop loss at a small nice. loss and so i was out i was flat on the manual trading the robot trading that had a, like a, a bunch of runners that were were in profit and then i my daughter wanted my phone <laughs> to do some because all the other kids had we had three kids there all the other kids had a phone she wanted the phone she was set about four people away from me so I gave her the phone. She ended up filming, I think, the entire concert oh, on the phone. Cool. Um, by the time I got it back, it was like uh, I, I did check the positions, and they'd all gone into into drawdown. Um, and then by the end of the concert, I checked it again, and like it was it was it was coming back from the drawdown. The drawdown was getting mm-hmm. smaller. And I woke up this morning, and it was all in profit, and that it, it all closed, nice. and um, yeah, so that was, so so yeah, was it a factor during the concert? No, I didn't yeah. even think about it. I didn't even think so, about it. Yeah, do was, something, you know, and, that, and I think that's kind of, kind of the thing too. Like when you're away from the charts, you're not a trader. I don't, I don't check MetaTrader from my phone. I don't even check my bank accounts from my phone because it doesn't matter right like be in be who you are in that moment when you're at the charts you're a trader if you're not at the charts be be cam right that's like like i'm not trading right now right i'm i'm literally sitting outside my kid's school i'm dad right now right um yeah not a trader i'm not gonna even look at the charts right just be be in that moment and and the ironic thing about that too is trading is very what's happening right now right the market is very much what's happening in the here and now it's like the ultimate metaphor it's just the strangest thing but like yeah don't you don't have to wear the trader hat all day long and i think too that's that's another thing that that limits a lot of people is they i want to wear the trader hat because you want it so bad and you do have to work at it but you still have to take a break from you got to take that hat off right and sometimes you just got to be him um and that's another tool of practice be in the moment right like literally be in the moment and yeah if you're not trading you're not a trader that moment 
it's funny because it was it's i almost i sort of said that to myself before this interview uh you know i often have quite a, some quite good ideas on the toilet for whatever reason hey, same, <laughs> I same like, here, man i do my best thinking on the toilet <laughs> And I was like, I was like, I I think I need to re. It's almost like I need to reinvent my life because it's it's almost like the the time outside of being on the charts is the time that I haven't given any atten- attention to for so many years. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the problem because, and that's why I'll that's why I'll tend to overtrade, um, and you know. Like even market coming to a close, it's like oh that that's a setup, but it's you know forty minutes until the market closes for the day or, or restarts on the forex, and I know it's not not a good time to get in, mm-hmm. but that's my setup. I didn't get in, and yeah, price went to the target, but it was the good the right thing right. to do, and I was like, yep, that's yeah. me. I've got to reinvent. It's almost like you have got to reinvent your life to be like a non normal person where when you're working, you know. I suppose what's it? It's, I suppose it's not when you're working. It's just you, you're working such a smaller amount of time, but you're still gaining the yeah, still being productive. It's complete. It, that's it. It's the oxymoron, yeah. isn't it? It's you. You're literally doing nothing is working. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Doing nothing exactly. is working. And then the, and then you. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just no, want to say. And it. then the other thing is, and then when you're when you actually doing the work it's unproductive if you know yeah. what i mean so like if you're doing back testing or if you're um uh, you know analyzing the market it's unproductive there's nothing's going to happen out of right. that right but that's the productive yep. stuff that's what is a real screws with me a lot and has done in the past and I'm sure it screws with a lot of others. Yeah. And I think again, once once people learn how to look at the market without bias, um, and one of my guys that was on the podcast, I'll just go as just some trader, you know, see what's not there. That that was how it clicked for me is being non emotional. And it was like, Oh, it's right there in front of my face. And, you know, from a psychological standpoint, yeah, you wanted to go out and trade it, but I knew from that point, like, I had to work on it and define it a little bit more. But even even with you, um, I think what you should do, and this is outside looking in, is look at your automated trading versus your manual trading, right? See see which mm-hmm. one's more productive for you. Like, and it, it, I think it does come back to understanding, right? And the ego. Hoo, 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 check the ego, because I have to do it all the time. But yeah. See what's more productive for you, and you run with that. Like, keep it super simple, like right? super duper simple. So that's yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, look, guys, we've gone through an awful lot here on the show. Uh, Andre, thanks for coming back on. My pleasure. Uh, we'll get you on at at some point in the in the future. Now, um, I know you had like a ton of notes and stuff that yeah, you put together I forgot about around psychology. I forgot about that. So, um, I. Kobe Bryant's one of my favorite basketball players, and may he rest in peace and his lovely daughter and everyone else. Like that, that man, that that was crazy. But he inspired me before his death to do this, right? And I kept asking myself, like, how can I give back in a non—I don't know how to put it, but I, I, what what can I give to the trading community that is that that's more impactful? And I don't think the answer is the charts. I think the answer is an insight to my brain. 
Um, and not necessarily my brain. It's just kind of my view on psychology. So um, I put together um, just some notes. It'll have some pretty pictures and all that. <laughs> I'd probably rip from the internet. Um, <laughs> and it's just notes, mental notes on psychology. And here's the other psychological part. If I give it away for free, people won't even care for it. So maybe we just charge like five bucks for it and I'll just, yeah, donate that money off to someone. Um, because again, people don't, people tend to not appreciate what's not free. Um, but yeah, um, I want to just kind of make it my gift to the market, to the trading community and the markets that changed my life. So yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. We'll get that up on the site somewhere, guys. So, um, head down to the show notes to find all that. And, uh, yeah, look, thank you once again, Andre, for coming on the show. Guys, I know it's been a bit of a different one. Um, I'm sure next week we'll have probably more of the standard trading, more trading-related questions, less trading psychology. But it is always good because, as Andre said, it's 90% of what you're going to be doing as a trader. All right, guys. Thanks, Andre. Hey, my pleasure. All right, guys. So there we have an interview with Andre Stewart done on trading psychology. Uh, look, it was all over the place, you know, a bit of road rage in there and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So if you do want to get that document, ebook, maybe it's going to be a video. I don't know what it is. I've looked, I've seen the, the, the paper version of it. Uh, then I haven't got it yet. Maybe it won't be out. So you have to stay tuned and I'll let you know when it comes out. Uh, but if you want to get your hands on that, make sure you head over to Trading Nuts, subscribe or head over to the Instagram chat uh, not chat, the Instagram channel or the Trading Nut chat room. Um, I will be posting up those results on Instagram uh, as they come through for that robot I talked about. And last but not least, remember to check out the new funding page as well. So it's updated, funding providers compared. I think you're going to be finding quite some quite interesting information, more detailed information in there as well. So guys, enjoy. I hope you have a great trading week, and I'll catch you on the next episode.